she said, take him from a land down under, where women glow and men plunder. Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Yeah. You better run, you better take cover. Yeah. You better run, you better take cover. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Cider Nation podcast, a unique baseball podcast. Today, we have Oakland Athletics left-handed pitcher, Adam Cleric. Thanks for coming on, Adam. No problem. Thanks so much for having me. You know, I guess first things first, Adam, you know, congratulations last year on on winning the World Series. Could you talk a little bit about that, how special that was? Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things that, I don't know, maybe uh, 10, 20 years from now, it'll finally sink in. But you know, as of right now, it's really just one of those things that um, still feels pretty surreal. Um, I've, you know, I, I love when, you know, whether it be on ESPN or somewhere on, you know, on Instagram or anything, MLB Network, uh, they show the final out, uh, they show the final strikeout and the, the whole team storming on the field. And, you know, instantly I, I can just close my eyes and, and get that rush of feeling back and it's really, uh, it's hard to put into words other than, you know, it's, you know, it's what you dreamt of as a, as a kid and, and, you know, it's even better, uh, you know, than you could ever imagine. So it's, uh, it's a rush of emotion, but you know, as time goes on, I hope it, uh, starts to feel more real. <laughs> no, I can definitely imagine. Um, was it even more special to do it against your former team or did it even matter at that point or? <laughs> yeah, it didn't, it didn't necessarily matter, but it, it just truly just, it added to the, um, <laughs> to everything just being so surreal. You know, I, I spent time in the minors, uh, with Tampa. Uh, so a lot of the relationships that I had were built, you know, starting in the minors and, um, you know, kind of core group of guys that have come through Tampa's system over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, a lot of us made our debuts right around the same time. You know, some of us were younger, some of us were more, uh, traveled, you know, like myself. And, um, so to see, you know, a number of those guys, you know, across the field, um, like I said, it just added to the, to the spectacle and, and kind of, you know, I, I couldn't make it up, you know, if I were to ask, if you were to ask me, you know, years ago, you know, <laughs> who are you going to, who are you going to play for, who are you going to play against? And, you know, it just, it, it's one of those things that uh, just, it added to how much, uh, how special it was for me. Then I guess, Adam, could you talk to us a little bit about your story and your arm slot and, and kind of, kind of why you dropped down? Sure. Uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things I probably, you know, I haven't talked to many, uh, too many, uh, side armors. Um, but you know, I think, you know, we probably have somewhat similar of a story where, you know, oftentimes it's out of necessity and, um, you know, I, I was drafted in 2010 by the Mets and, um, you know, I kind of went through their system You know, I got to double a, you know, relatively quickly. I kind of just went step by step year by year. Uh, but once I got to double a, you know, I kind of stalled out, um, you know, I was a traditional, you know, kind of over the top arm slot. And then, uh, in, in, uh, in May of my basically third full season in double a, um, I decided that I wanted to try something different. Um, it was, uh, one of those things where, um, I wasn't off to the, to the start I wanted to that year. And I felt like I needed to make a potentially drastic change and, uh, just to stick around and see what else I could do as far as being a reliever. 
And, um, you know, the idea kind of came from, came to me because when I would throw the ball into the bucket during batting practice, I would see, I would always throw it sidearm and I would see how far to the right I could throw the ball and have it come back to the left and then try to hit the bucket, uh, in the grass. So it's kind of funny, just, I guess, in a sense of, you know, visually what I was looking at, um, to get that idea of the movement that I could possibly create from that slot. And I just literally at, during batting practice, walked over to my pitching coach, um, and asked him, Hey, I would like to throw a bullpen really quick. You know, I mean, we literally had a game that night, you know, I was like, I want to throw a bullpen real quick and see what this looks like from the side. And he was just like, let's do it. And I was, you know, since lucky, uh, we had a good, I had a good relationship with him and he was actually, it was like the fourth year. Cause I had him in low a as well. So that was like our fourth year working together. So we had a good relationship and he was like, yeah, let's do it. And, uh, it was kind of one of those things I wish I could really understand why it clicked, but it, it just felt more natural. Um, and I felt like I was being more athletic in my motion as opposed to, um, you know, almost robotic over the top. You know, you start thinking about where your release point is, how high my arms, be, you know, balance point, All those thoughts went away when I went sidearm, it just became, you know, be athletic and get the ball out in front and then let the movement happen. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it started when I was in, I was in Binghamton, New York playing uh, for the B Mets at the time, um, in 2015. So there is a purpose to just shagging fly balls. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. It was, uh, that was, that was how I first saw it. Like I said, you know, just throw it in the grass sidearm and, you know, all the, all the hours that pitchers spend out there at times, uh, well, especially over the course of a season, you know, I, uh, it ended up being kind of a life-changing moment for me. <laughs> is there any mechanical tips that you'd have for any, any sidearm pitchers? Well, I, when I, I mean, I do watch video of other pitchers, um, you know, for me personally, I, I, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not submarine. Um, I think one thing that's kind of different about my, delivery is I kind of stand taller. Um, I don't have that, you know, often you'll see guys, they'll stand tall to start, but as soon as they begin their motion down the mound, you'll see like a dramatic, um, you know, bend in their back. And for me, I I guess you could probably say I kind of sling the ball more than anything from the side because I stand upright and, you know, just comes out, you know, right about parallel uh, to the ground, um, my arm slot. So um, for me, I think it's more, like I said, find what's, what's athletic, what, what feels athletic to you. Um, when you let in any sport, when you let your athleticism take over, um, you know, you're, you're better off cause you're more free and, um, you know, you're just, you're just letting your body act in its natural way. You know, I, I don't pretend to be some crazy, you know, athlete, but there is, you know, some athleticism involved to, uh, you know, repeating a delivery, um, and, and it's, you know, it's pitching is so intricate that, um, you know, each person kind of probably has to find those little fine tuning things. So, you know, for me, you know, I do think a lot about momentum and the more my momentum goes straight forward t- towards my target, um, my pitches are off, you know, m- more often than not, you know, pretty accurate, you know, I fall into trouble um, as a lefty, when I propel my momentum, if it starts going towards, you know, a little bit towards the left-handed hitter, you know, towards that first base side of the mound, 
Um, when I do that, um, my release point is way too, or, you know, I release the ball way too early and it just, it, the ball just completely runs off the plate, you know, way outside to a righty or way into a lefty. So, uh, I feel like my momentum plays a big role in, you know, getting my release point out in front, releasing the ball so that it has the movement of not just run, but also sink. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think more than anything is, um, you know, be athletic and then, um, but on, you know, if I were to kind of single out a, a part that I think about often is it's definitely my momentum carrying me towards the target forward and not towards the side at all. And you already kind of mentioned it a little bit. And I was kind of similar too. I mean, sometimes, you know, like when I dropped down, it, it was very similar. It just was kind of a, you know, a clean slate and new start. And when I was over the top, maybe I'd get almost too mechanical and too many like roll decks of thoughts. And almost when I dropped down, it was like, here you go. <laughs> Brand new. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's where you got to be even, you know, kind of tricky. I mean, obviously pitching coaches there to help, but just not, not too mechanical at times. Right. Yeah. And it's a little, it is, it's, I think it's often tough on pitching coaches to offer up much suggestion um, just because it's, it's hard to teach if you, you know, if you yourself was not a sidearm pitcher. Um, yeah. And, that, and that's kind of where I was saying, you know, the video comes into play of, uh, you know, just seeing what other guys are doing um, as far as their, I, I think I look more at their approach to attacking hitters as opposed to necessarily how they're throwing the ball, you know, maybe a little bit with, with breaking balls, you know, with sliders, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you can learn, you know, maybe from different grips that guys are using from that slot yeah. um, just because you kind of have to be more unique when you are figuring out your secondary pitches, but, but yeah, for your, for your, uh, you know, just sinker or fastball, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I think that's more the athletic, just, you know, you're free and easy. Um, not thinking too much. It's, it's that clean slate you mentioned. And, um, and then in the breaking ball, I think, you know, you can study other guys' grips and really figure out, you know, what they use and what works for them. And then Adam, uh, what pitches do you throw? So I throw a sinker, um, just a traditional two seam grip right across those two seams and then a change up, which, uh, just like my sinker grip, I just use my middle and my ring finger, um, over the two seams. And then I throw a slider, um, kind of a traditional slider grip, um, a little bit more on the horseshoe as opposed to, you know, how guys traditionally throw a, a curveball. Um, you know, from that, you know, more traditional one seam grip. Um, so I kind of got my slider grip from some different teammates and I'm, I'm constantly playing around with it. You know, what gives me more movement versus what might be harder in velocity. Um, but those three pitches from the side is, uh, is what I work with. Kind of velocity wise, Adam, where's your fastball kind of usually around? Um, I would say traditionally that 89, 90 is kind of the sweet spot. Um, you know, for me, I, I usually as the summer goes along, um, I don't know if I'm building arm strength or, or, I'm, or if I'm just confident in my, um, you know, my delivery, my release point, I end up throwing a little harder as the year goes on. So I, I would say I don't go any harder than 92 ever. Um, but as the summer goes on and, you know, those warmer months hit and I'm feeling pretty good, I can get the 90, 91, you know, very consistently. 
Um, but you know, usually when the season starts anywhere from 88, 89, 90. And it's definitely, it's kind of a question I get a lot and it's obviously, you know, velocity from, from a lower slot. I mean, do you have any, any kind of tips for anyone where, you know, I know the game's about velocity now, but obviously that's the tricky thing with the lower slot. Sometimes the harder you throw, the, the ball's going to flatten out a little bit. Is there any kind of maybe something mental for, for anyone just to maybe, you know, the radar gun readings or someone that's maybe stuck on that or. Yeah, I would say that most likely, you know, when, if someone is, you know, recruiting you to a college or, you know, looking at you to play professionally, you know, when they see a sidearm or they're probably not, you know, looking for velocity. Um, you know, I think they're looking for movement. Uh, I'm sure they're, you know, looking for, uh, you know, that your, um, your walk weight, uh, excuse me, your walk rate is low. You know, they want a guy who's attacking and, and getting ground balls and enforcing con weak contact. Um, so for me, the, the velocity, I think it's actually in our benefit sometimes not to, you know, throw max effort, whatever velocity that may be every pitch. I think there's a lot um, of advantages you um, can receive by, you know, first pitch of that, bat. say for me, it might be 88 and then you might go, might go change up, which would be, you know, low to, or uh, mid to high seventies. And then uh, maybe a slider, you know, around the same around 80, um, and then when you go back to your sinker, maybe now it's 91. So I think, you know, that's kind of, you know, you look at, you know, more of the pictures you would see, you know, traditionally more, maybe like in the nineties with your Greg Maddox and your Tom Glavin types that they would, you know, they would hit the gas and take a little off, um, you know, every once in a while. And that way it's, it's almost in a sense, two different pitches when you can play around with the velocities. So, um, I would always stress location, um, over velocity, especially, you know, when you're first just figuring out the arm slot and, um, you know, you might find that, uh, you know, I know for me against lefties, you know, my, my movement and my arm angle, you know, certainly makes up for any, you know, lack of velocity. Um, whereas against the righties, you know, sometimes I do try to throw a little harder, uh, um, or, you know, take a little bit off just, uh, depending on the count. So I, th I think, having the ability to put the gas or take a little off uh, on your fastball can be very beneficial. And you kind of touched a little bit there, Adam, I was going to ask you just kind of about maybe being pigeonholed a little bit. I definitely was as a lefty, kind of that loogie or only being able to get lefty note. Um, kind of what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny that, um, you know, when I was in the minors, um, especially once I dropped my arm slot, you know, you can see how, you know, from that arm slot, you'd be, you know, pigeonholed in a sense, but in the minors, you know, I was really always, you know, they just handle things differently there. You know, it's more, you know, you have this inning or, uh, you know, it's not so much situational as, uh, you know, the major leagues can get. Um, so for me, since I spent so much time in the minors, even, you know, once I dropped my arm slot, I still had about three years of uh, time in the minors before I got a, a call up. Um, I was facing righties the whole time, you know, uh, like I said, you know, it wasn't so much situational. So, um, I always felt confident, uh, you know, with my plan of attack and, you know, there is certainly, um, you know, you have to prove yourself, you have to prove yourself every single day. You know, they often, you know, it's not enough just to do it once or twice. You have to, you know, regularly be relied upon to get both, uh, lefties and righties out. 
But, um, but I knew, you know, with each opportunity, you know, as long as you just keep proving yourself, you can kind of start to wiggle your way out, um, of that pigeonhole. And, you know, for me, you know, once they did the three batter minimum rule, you know, that, that became just a big topic of conversation, um, <laughs> that I was constantly asked about, you know, and, and my response was, you know, kind of similar. It was just like, I've never considered myself to be, uh, you know, one batter type guy enjoy the role. I really did. I mean, when I got traded over to the Dodgers, that was really the first time I was in that role, you know, in Tampa, I would come in for a batter, but then go out for the next inning oftentimes. Um, so really once I came to the Dodgers, they just had, you know, they had different personnel in, in the bullpen set up where they didn't need me to go one plus it was, you know, come get this guy out, but come every single game and to get one guy out. So I enjoy that a lot because you're just involved in the game and you're constantly, you know, looking at the lineup and, and thinking about, all right, if this guy gets on, I, it might call down. So, you know, having to prepare, you know, mentally just from the fifth inning on basically. So, um, so I enjoyed the role a whole lot. That's more than anything, um, you know, my disappointment of uh, the three batter minimum, but, you know, as you know, even though it was only 60 games, you know, I think I fared pretty well last year um, facing righties and, and, you know, there's plenty of lineups out there that go left, right, left. So, you know, you, you get your lefties out, you know, that has to be kind of a given. And then the righties, you know, I kind of took the approach of I'm going to, I'm going to attack the right-handed hitter. I'm not going to try to pick and uh, be too fine on the corners. And uh, because I know that if my sinker, as long as it's over the plate and down, you know, not, not too much damage is going to happen. You know, if the team can accept a single, um, given up, you know, they can't accept an extra base hit. So that was kind of the approach I took, you know, I'm going to be aggressive against the righties, try to get my ground ball, hope it's at somebody. And if it's not, okay, I'll come back and get the next lefty. Um, and hopefully, you know, if I can get two, that's great. But if not, you know, I limit the damage and you kind of just, uh, pass the ball on to the next pitcher. Is there any advice you'd have to someone maybe debating on changing their arm slot or maybe kind of one foot in one foot out? Yeah, I think it would be really tough to be one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. Um, I would say try to go as long as you can without, you know, really. I would, you know, if I was still a traditional over-the-top pitcher, you know, in high school, you know, I would probably continue to try to be so. Um, you know, unless I was, you know, unless I wasn't getting any looks, you know, from, you know, if I wanted to play college ball or, or whatever the situation is. So, you know, for me, you know, like I said, I had that one you know, moment in the outfield where I was like, all right, enough's enough. Let's try this. And it wasn't even like I had been thinking about it for weeks. It just kind of came to me and I was like, all right, I want to try this through the, I threw the bullpen. And then I didn't look back. I really, that was, that was, I officially was a sidearm pitcher. Now, now what I would do, um, and I still do it a little bit. I didn't do it much. I didn't do it at all last year. Um, just because the season was so short, but, um, in 2019, I would, I, I would throw a four seamer from a over my over the top um, arm slot as kind of like my fourth pitch. Okay. And I would only use it against right-handed hitters um, because, you know, as a sinker changeup guy, you know, they're sitting low and away all the time on me. So um, if they weren't aggressive trying to pull the ball, it was very hard to get those guys out because they would just take me to the opposite field. So to get them to respect the inside corner, I would kind of fake – my body a little bit, like I was going to the sidearm, but I would throw a four seamer over the top just as hard as I could. <laughs> and, you know, I wasn't necessarily trying to throw it for a strike. I was just trying to get them off the plate and, and get them to quit diving. 
And it turned out to be kind of a weapon for me. I would get some strikeouts on it because guys were either, you know, surprised or they were, they were completely surprised by it. And, um, it was just kind of a little bit of a sneak attack pitch, you know, (laughs) it's really just how I used it. Um, and I, you know, I tried to use it, maybe try to steal strike one because they were looking low and away, or like I said, um, you know, ahead in the count, I would try to go like above the belt and get them to swing, especially once they knew I had it, um, and try to beat them with some velocity. So, um, I, I, that was kind of my only little thing I kept in my back pocket of just a four seam fastball from over the top. And, and it, it had some pretty good success. It, what I had to stop doing it cause I was starting to do it too much and, I was kind of losing my sidearm release point. So we didn't want to sacrifice that. So I ended up just kind of throwing it away and uh, just sticking to sidearm. But um, what I was getting at is just, you know, when you commit to it, you know, I went and played winter ball that following winter and I did that for two years in a row. And it was all just to build that, you know, muscle memory of repeating the delivery. So, um, so when I decided to go for it, you know, I really kind of, I had to accept that's who I was and, and try to, you know, use the knowledge I had learned as an over the top pitcher in terms of how to attack a hitter, but, um, just fully commit to that new slot and, um, and, and yeah, just really buy in on it. When you did drop down, Adam, was there anyone you kind of, kind of watched video of and, or, you know, emulated it a little bit? Not too much. No. Um, the one, one guy just, I mean, I grew up in Baltimore, so I'd always kind of, you know, especially in the minors, I was still semi pulling for the Orioles just as a, you know, Baltimore kid, um, but you know, pitching for the Orioles was Darren O'Day. Um, you know, he's still, you know, a really good relief pitcher. Um, <laughs> he's been doing it for quite a long time. Um, it's very impressive what he does. And, you know, for, he's a great guy to watch cause you know, he, you know, especially in his prime was getting a lot of strikeouts. Um, and he kind of had that almost semi rise pitch that he would throw, you know, right above the belt, um, you know, coming from that low slot, you know, after sinking it or sliding it away and then their eyes being lowered, uh, for the, in the lower part of the zone, he would throw that semi rise ball that would come up and just blow him away. And you look at the radar gun and it would be like, you know, 88, 89, and, and he's just blowing away, you know, number four hitters. So, um, he was always impressive. I mean, I, I, I like, uh, you know, Steve Ciszek a lot, you know, he's, he's, it's kind of similar to the day he's been doing it a long time and, you know, he finds new ways to get guys out. Um, but I mean, there's just uh, some few other lefty relievers, you know, that, would, um, I was really fortunate. My, my pitching coach in Durham, who then became my pitching coach in Tampa, um, was really close friends with, uh, Javi Lopez of the San Francisco giants. And he wasn't a side armor. Um, he had a lower, a little bit lower slot, but, um, I was very fortunate that, um, he was able to put me in touch with Javi and, and I was able to pick his brain and, um, you know, really just number one, learn how to be available every single night to face one or two hitters. And just that how, you know, I mean, he would finish a season with like 30, 32 innings, but you know, 88 appearances and, um, just learning how to take care of your body and, and, um, you know, how he would, you know, pitch a guy one night and then he, or yeah, pitch uh, a guy one night and face him the next night. And, you know, potentially change the plan of attack or do the same exact same thing. So, um, so I, I really enjoyed looking back at, at Javi and then, uh, and O'Day, you know, even to this day, kind of seeing how he, um, goes about his business. Have you had many, uh, teammates, Adam, that were sidearm submarine pitchers? 
Um, one just kind of in semi-recent years uh, was Hobie Milner. Um, Hobie and I played in Durham together and then in Tampa. And, um, and yeah, so we, we've become good friends and our paths are actually very similar. He, um, we dropped, I mean, we kind of had this realization playing in Tampa or in Durham together. We had all these things in common and it's really, I won't go through all of them, but they're very bizarre. You know, just like we're born one day apart. We dropped our arm slots the same year we were, um, we went and played Puerto Rico winter ball the same year. And I'll tell you this one, cause it's just so bizarre. We were at one point in our careers, both designated by, uh, both designated by our respective teams, but we were both designated for Trevor Plouffe. So the same guy was added to the roster and on, uh, with him, it happened when he was with the Phillies and with me, it happened when I was with Tampa. So we were both DFA'd so that Trevor Plouffe could be added to the roster. So, um, just some uncanny things, um, for me and Hobie, um, long lost lefty twins. <laughs> yeah. Really bizarre. I mean, our dads were both like minor league catchers. Um, uh, we both, I think when we both debuted, uh, we were both wore the number 55. Like it's just really crazy. Really crazy. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so me and Hobie, you know, we were catch partners in Durham together. And, um, so we were, you know, constantly like, Hey, how do you hold, how are you holding your slider? And then just try to figure out what worked best for us. Could you talk to us a little bit, Adam, about your MLB debut? Yeah. So that happened, um, uh, in 2018 and or 2017 and um yeah so i had um signed with tampa in 2016 and uh so after being in the minors with them for about a year and a half i I got to be called up and made my debut we were um, on the road in pittsburgh and um so that was great you know because pittsburgh's only about five hours north of uh baltimore where my family and wife and um, you know, everyone lived, so they were able to come up and, and make it for the debut. And then it was even cooler. Uh, two days later, we, we traveled down to Baltimore and we played against the Orioles. So I got to be, um, making my second appearance, um, in the stadium that, you know, I went to, you know, as often as I could as a kid watching, you know, Cal Ripken play and, um, you know, and those Oriole teams. So yeah, making my debut, um, you know, it was, it was still at a time, you know, when we had, uh, in Tampa, you know, we had, you know, Evan Longoria and Chris Archer, who's now back, but Archer was there. And, um, you know, just a guy, you know, like Longoria being out in the field, you know, and, and facing when I came in, McCutcheon was on second base and, um, yeah, just the whole moment. Um, you know, I've, I've gone back obviously and looked at it and it was crazy because I, I threw one pit, it was two outs. I threw one pitch and those runners on first and second and they tried a double steal on my very first pitch so i threw a strike and then mccutcheon got thrown out at third base and that's how the inning ended so i uh it was crazy so you know jogging back in and longoria kind of yelled over at me and he jogged up next to me and gave me the ball that he just tagged out mccutcheon with so it was a uh, very funny you know the sense of that of that's how it happened and I mean, honestly, I was so focused on just my, my whole, my whole, uh, focus, you know, for that first pitch was just, uh, a didn't want to bounce it. B I didn't want to hit the batter and C I didn't want to overthrow like and, and hit the backstop. You know, you're just like, just throw the ball and let the catcher catch it. Um, you know, and, and then, 
I got to go back out for the next inning. So um, I was able to kind of settle in a little bit more. So it was a very special time. And uh, like I said, I was so happy that my parents and, and uh, my wife got to be there. For in college, like I was just looking at, at your stats. Did you, you did some hitting in college? I did not, not too much. So um, I hit a lot in high school and you know, I really, I semi didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but then when I was a freshman in college, um, we had like eight, uh, junior and senior position players. So it was really like, I had no, no space to ever really play. And they just, you know, basically decided that I would focus on pitching. So my junior year, um, we had a whole new coaching staff come in and our first baseman ended up getting injured, uh, during fall practice. And I kind of just volunteered to finish the, we were doing an inter-squad game. So I just volunteered to play first base and um and my coach at the time like I said he didn't he didn't know I had ever played a position he was like you can play first I was like yeah I'll, I'll go play if you let me hit and he was like okay you can you can take an at bat so I ended up hitting in the inner squad I got a single um and he was like all right you, you're you're our new first baseman <laughs> and it was kind of just out of necessity as well because we uh we had a couple injuries um and we were just kind of short on our roster. Uh, we just didn't have that many players. Um, so yeah, I got to kind of work my way into hitting again, which was just a blast. And, um, you know, it's, it's every pitcher's dream to pick up a bat and get a base hit or hit a home run. So I got to have a couple moments as a hitter. Um, and you know, uh, I'll have those memories, uh, maybe even stronger than my pitching memories in college. Uh, if you look at my pitching numbers, they weren't too great. Um, so I, I, uh, had one or two moments on the mound and then one or two at the plate in college. What's your favorite part about pitching from down under? Um, so I've been very fortunate to be on, you know, two big league teams that the bullpens have just been incredible. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't even say, you know, I, I know for a fact, you know, not everyone in those bullpens are, you know, household names. Um, but, if you look at what each of those pitchers bring to the table, everyone brings something completely different. Um, you know, not, you know, no two relievers in those, either of those pens were, were, you know, you know, identical velocity or, or, you know, they just brought different stuff to the table. So, um, I enjoyed, you know, just being my own person. You know, I wasn't, I never, I have yet to feel like I need to try to be somebody else, like somebody that they want me to be, or, you know, be this, you know, 95 mile an hour thrower ever. So, you know, when I've come into games, you know, I know that, you know, I'm coming in for a reason and I have a lot of pride behind, you know, being kind of the lefty sidearm guy. Um, I know, you know, like I said, I hit a little bit, but I know how hard hitting is in general, but to face somebody from that funky angle, um, is no easy task. And, um, you know, especially if you're, coming in after a hard thrown righty or, you know, or whatever the case may be, you know, that you're in there for the reason of, you know, maybe this hitter has, you know, faced, you know, a left-handed starter that was thrown over the top, you know, 90, 91, their third at bat was against, you know, righty throwing, you know, sinkers and, and cutters. And then their fourth at bat might be against you. So, that, you know, they're just not comfortable up there because they haven't seen, uh, you know, the same arm slot, you know, more than one time. So, um, you know, being, you know, a sidearm guy, you know, like I said, it's, it's a, it's a really, I, t I have a lot of pride in it. You know, it's, it's not like I'm a gimmick out there, you know, it's, uh, I have a, 
you know, unique, you know, ability. And, you know, I wish I could explain how, uh, how it's worked or, or why it's worked other than, you know, I just have trusted the process of, uh, you know, like I said, buying into that, um, way of throwing and, um, and never being content, you know, kind of in, in what I bring, you know, I'm always trying to improve my pitches, whether it be a little bit more movement, a little bit more deception. Um, so yeah, so I, I've, I've obviously, um, been very fortunate to, you know, have these opportunities now and I owe it all to the idea of dropping down the BSI armor. It's our ninth inning call of the bullpen. So just going to be some questions just to learn a little bit more about you. Okay. Uh, favorite NHL team. <laughs> well, that's easy. Uh, I live pretty close to the Washington Capitals. So, um, we hop on the, uh, the little, uh, Metro train and take it right downtown to DC. And, uh, very lucky to have a few special players, uh, on, on that team over the last 10, 15 years. So, uh, caps. Favorite travel destination. Oh, wow. Well, Non-baseball wise, I will go, um, man, that's tough. So my family or my wife's family, we actually, uh, on vacation a few years ago, we went to Israel and it was a trip that I never, ever thought I would get to make. And it was just so beautiful. Um, the food is unbelievable. It's, it's amazing. And, um, I don't know if I'll ever go back just because, you know, there's so many places in the world that um, you know, you want to see before, uh, your time is up, but, um, I would highly recommend it. Um, it was just an, an amazing trip. All time favorite professional wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Um, gosh, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to not say stone cold. You know, when I was at my peak of a wrestling fan, you know, when I was, you know, probably in the mid to late nineties. So he was just huge. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll go with him. So it's the only true or false question. You're a right or wrong answer, but what is the capital of Canada? <laughs> uh, I apologize. I really do. Uh, they have a NHL team, the senators, if that helps. Okay. So it's in Ottawa. I got gotcha. you. Yes. I apologize. No, <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you could golf or have dinner with three famous people dead or alive, who would it be? Wow. So we'll, we'll go step by step. So I'll pick one athlete. Uh, I have to pick Michael Jordan, number one of how good of a golfer he is, but he has to be, you know, just a trip to be out there with. Um, I'll say for an, for like a Hollywood guy, uh, can we sit, can we go with Chris? That might be, a riot. I don't know if he can hit the ball at all. <laughs> we'll go with Chris Farley. <laughs> and then, um, man, I'll pick another athlete. I'll say Muhammad Ali. I think that would just be incredible. Any, any particular golf course? You know, I haven't golfed too, uh, too much to really say, you know, someplace I've been, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just go with, um, we'll go with Pebble beach. We'll go right on the ocean there and, California. And then Adam, if you could be an Olympian in another sport, summer or winter, what sport would you like to do? Oh, I would say snowboarding. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up just, I don't, I 
only snowboarded once in my life. And I thought it was just the hardest thing um, to do. And with baseball, I never wanted to get injured. So I, I hadn't, I haven't, you know, tried it since that one time in high school, but I just think what those, uh, what those guys and girls can do, um, especially, you know, in the half pipe and, and the different tricks that they can pull off at such incredible heights and speed is, is ridiculous. So maybe in another life I could, I could give that a go. <laughs> it's minus 35 right here in Calgary. So you can definitely do some snowboarding here, but <laughs> oh man, I'll stop complaining about the 28 that I'm going through right now. So. <laughs> and then lastly, Adam, um, I did some long drive golf after I was done. Do you remember the teammate of yours that was the world long drive champion in 2014? I do. Jeff flag. <laughs> yes. He, uh, man, he was such an awesome guy. So that was one of my first, I was actually, I actually played with him in 2010, my first year in Brooklyn and, um, the Brooklyn Cyclone stadium there, you know, it, it backs up to Coney it's, it's in Coney Island and it has its amusement park. And he, during BP would just launch balls, um, you know, towards that amusement park, towards the roller coaster. And it was, I remember like, that was one of my first, you know, like I said, first season in pro ball. And I was just like, man, these guys are the real deal. <laughs> and, uh, it was really cool to see him. You know, I was Facebook friends with him. I saw him with the big, uh, the big, uh, check, you know, winning the, uh, the longest drive competition just with a huge smile on his face. And it was just awesome to see. Yeah, I, I definitely, I struggled with my accuracy. I could hit it far, but I would, I would eliminate myself and go out of bounds and it's, <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. That's the beauty about golf. You have your whole life to work on it, <laughs> but it was cool to see Jeff win, especially just a former, former pro player as well. And cool, cool to see. Very much. Very cool. No, thanks for coming on, Adam. Is there any, any shout outs you have before we sign off? Oh, no, no. I just want to, well, thank you for taking the time. And, you know, I, I love the, uh, I love the account of, you know, really, it's really cool to see how many, uh, side armors there are out there. And, uh, even at the younger ages, you know, it's cool to see that maybe that they watched, uh, somebody on TV and got inspired to try it out. So like I said, just keep, uh, you know, keep every door open and in terms of trying different arm slots and, and just keep, uh, for me, I, I did it to play in this game as long as possible. So, I it's unfortunately worked out for me. So maybe it can work out for you as well. She said, do you come from a land down under? Where women glow and man thunder. Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Yeah. You better run, you better take cover. Yeah. You better run, you better take cover